14. Long Venius Officium was placed in Tabularium, a building standing in the southwestern part of the Roman Forum close to the Temple of Jupiter. It was a towering structure, several floors high, containing thousands and thousands of all the documents that regulated the Roman Empire. Behind those walls great power was stored. Many agreements between the Senate, the plebeian tribunate and different parties that maintained important functions in the gigantic empire were placed on shelves in dark rooms. Optimus and Cornelius went through the open doors and turned left. A stuffy and moisturous smell met them, just like wet old wood. A rat the size of a cat rushed behind a corner. Their steps echoed in the narrow corridor. If Cornelius should be honest to himself he never wanted to become a trader. After his mother's and siblings' death it was only Gaius who could continue the family Optimus business if Marcus decided to withdraw or if he died. Cornelius became cold and he shuddered. Truthfully, Gaius was not the right person to lead Optimus Quirinless, so in the end everything depended on his decision but he never believed that his father would pass over his power. I will be able to do something else with my life, but what? As a politician you have a possibility to change Rome and only the fact that I do not have to risk my life in a province somewhere is a reason good enough, he thought. They continued through another dark corridor, turned right and hurried up a long flight of stairs. Prehibia the Praetorian shouted, standing in the darkness not visible. He stepped forward and Cornelius noted that he had his hand on his sword and it was half drawn from its sheath, the blade gleaming in the fire of a torch. When he saw it was Optimus he shouted to his superior officer. Optio. The door opened and a large man with dark, big eyebrows and a frown on his face came out and stood next to his subordinate. In the dim light he didn't look happy at all. In one second, his facial expression changed. Och, Mr. Optimus. He is waiting for you. He looked at Cornlis and frowned again, his prominent eyebrows were moving closer together. My son, Optimus said. The Optio nodded, turned and opened the door. Coming. When they entered Long Vinius was standing at his desk and riffled through some sheets of papyrus. Lamp flames flickered in the wind when the door was closed. It was a small, dark room with only a few small gaps on the left wall close to the ceiling. A scant light filled the room and a peculiar sultry scent of dried plants struck them probably originated from all the scrolls and books that covered the walls. Longvinius looked up from the text. Welcome, come, please sit. Without asking, Longvinius poured two goblets with wine and held them out to his guests. Cornelius was amazed by Magistratum's youth. He cannot be more than a few years older than twenty, he thought. His hair was fashioned in the same style as the emperor, military style with the line of hair straight across his forehead. Graceful fingers plucked with a gold necklace adorned with precious stones. The toga shone white. His grey-green, 
alert eyes studied them with interest. Thank you, Optimus said. Cornelius was silent. Good, good. We have a lot to discuss. I mean if you have the time? Certainly. I have only one errand which needs to be taken care of before we can start. Everything has been out of schedule today. Prita Urbanis is waiting for me. Do you want to join me? Or? We can wait here, Optimus said softly. Yes, sure, as you wish. Well then, I go. Hi. After Census Magistratum Commercica had closed the door Cornelius said. Is he not a little too young to have so much responsibility? Yes and no. He has a lot of contacts and a good education. In addition, young men are more eager to get things done. At the same time youth is easier to control. Which is good for us, right? It looks like Longvinius have non-Roman ancestry. If my information is correct, his grandmother was from Hispania. You do know that the emperor was born in Hispania? His is the first emperor who was born in a family living outside Italia. But the family is Roman. Yes it's true. So, Longvinius must have someone in the family who is a patrician. The patricians was Rome's elite class and was said to be descended from the first hundred families who took part in the founding of the old republic. During hundred of years Rome was ruled by the senate without an emperor. Two consuls were appointed every year to lead the senate and the armies in the field. At that time, the senate included three hundred of the most eminent citizens of the patrician class. The power was shared with concilium plebis in which ordinary citizens had their elected representatives, but this was now only history. I think it would be hard to get his position otherwise. Many great personalities in Rome are born outside the city, in the provinces. It has become more and more common. Why are you asking? They have not had a significant post in the administration. I do not agree, look at Praetorian Prefect Atanus. Even though he was born in Hispania, he has immense influence, you know. It doesn't count. Atanus is born in the same city where Trajan and Hadrian families lived and they are also a Roman families. I'm just saying that if you do not have patrician contacts, you can never get Longvinius job. Optimus did not reply. He wondered what made Cornelius ponder around this. Injustice? There have always been injustice. The higher positions were always divided among the richest patricians or the plebans. So why? He said. Luckily, you do not have to think about that. Now Cornelius was silent. Should I tell? I know what my father will say. He hates change. Cornelius noticed that Optimus was watching him. During the last trip, I came in contact with a man named Demon Axe, he is a cynicist. I know who they are, Optimus interrupted bluntly. What? Do you think they are not respectable? Just because they are not interested in power and money? Stay away from them. 
During Emperor Vespasian one of their leaders, Demetrius, was executed along with many of his followers. Their teachings looks good in writing, and sure, they have some thoughtful ideas they are teaching, but it is only in theory. Nothing else, only ideas. Remember that. Cynicists was a philosophical association that objected to state power and material wealth. They had been around for hundreds of years, first in Athens, then they spread all over the old republic and now the empire. During certain periods of time they had been militant in their opposition to the emperor. Especially during Vespasian's reign. Optimus watched with great skepticism on their activities. Among many of the patricians and the rich they were called the dogs, but he would not like to call anyone any name. So, my son is beginning to take an interest in them. That's worrying, very worrying, he thought. Typically, young naive innocence mixed with idealism. Before he could say anything Cornelius said. It's good to have someone who take a moral side, for the common people, the poor, those without a voice or power. I really hope for their own sake that they don't do anything stupid here in Rome. If they make a mess or any kind of trouble in the city, they will be thrown into the Flavian Amphitheater. To argue for a lucid mind, living close to nature, avoid negative thoughts and conclusions, to avoid disturbing factors such as wealth and power, and in the end, to live your life free from shame, obscenity, laws or even mos majorum. It cannot be wrong. Was the only answer he got. Optimus eyes were thin as slits. Many agree with them. Even I agree with them, Cornelius thought grimly. My eyes were opened by demon acts. We live in decadence and downfall is near if we do not change our habits. The moral decay among our rulers in Rome will lead us all in misery. With his fingers, he touched the wound on his cheek. It still felt sore. Anyhow I will not become a traitor, he told himself again. The door opened and Longvinius followed by Gladius came into the room. They greeted formally. Gladilius began the conversation, his voice filled with obsequiousness. I heard your transport were attacked. Very regrettable, he looked at Cornelius. Gladilius raised his eyebrows when he noticed the cut on Cornelius' face. Yes, that's why we should have more armed men with us on our shipments. If the roads were safe, we would not have to arm ourselves. Optimus said. Gladilius smiled. It is impossible to secure all the roads in the empire. There are more than 10,000 miles of roads. Safety is something that should be left to the Senate and the Praetorians to decide. Optimus realized that it was pointless to continue the argument, so he raised his hand to show that he gave up, but only temporarily. Gladilius quickly changed topic. We are looking for a deserter. He is apparently cousin to one of your employees, Alpius, if I have received the correct information. You have no idea who and where he is, I suppose? Gladilius asked sarcastically. Can't say that I do, 
Optimus answered calmly. Hiding his feeling of worry and waiting with unease about what would come. He lived on the Quirinal Hill before enlisting. You recognize most people on that hill, right? Yes. And you are only hiring people from your part of the city if I understand, right? It's hard to find reliable people. You are still certain you don't know who he is or where I can find him? That's right. Those who help deserters are severely punished. Sometimes even with death. These things you already know. Sure enough he will pop up, you'll see. Where else can he go? You are right, Optimus said still acting as calm he could. When he come to you for help, which he will do, I expect to hear from you. Of course. Prefect Atanas would not look kindly on the trading business if they start hiring deserters. We understand, Optimus boiled inside. How can they be so stupid? All the deserters who get back to Rome have only one opportunity, the criminal gangs. It's a waste of good men, furthermore it's very bad for the city. He would like to tell the young arrogant Praetorian, but he kept quiet. Cornelius interjected. You handled the uprising on Aventon, didn't you? Well, it was not really a rebellion, just a little unrest. Gladilius' face changed expression. It lit up. Oh no, now you are too modest. No, no, it's true. Violence was almost not needed. We only made the situation a little more stable. The Honorable Magistrate relentless negotiations resolved the situation. Gladilius raised his hand and gestured toward Longvinius. A joint effort, I would call it a collaboration, Longvinius said, pretending modesty. He could not help it, but once again anger was building up in him. They should be crucified, all of them, or thrown to the beasts in the amphitheater, he thought. Instead he said. Oh no, you are too generous. It is you who should have all the credit for the success. What was the cause of the unrest? Optimus asked. He knew exactly what had happened, but he wanted to hear Gladilius' own words describing the situation. One of the Praetorian guard legionnaires had molested a young Egyptian woman in the belief that she was a prostitute. It had gone so far that she clawed his face and he had beaten her unconscious. Resentment had risen among the Egyptians on the hill. The girl still lay in her bed unconscious and the soldiers still had three scratches on his left cheek, a memory, a mark. The other guards now called him, Wella, young girl. Several days passed but she did not improve. An uprising was simmering on the surface even though negotiations had begun. Longvinius had been called in to sort out the problem. Suddenly the young woman woke up sat up in bed and asked for her parents. The Egyptians had calmed down and the unrest subsided. It had been Arsino who told him the story. All Romans believed it had been Longvinius and Gladilius' accomplishment but the Egyptians knew better. Only a misconception. 
an accusation of violence against Ibaba. An Egyptian. Obviously unfounded accusations, Gladilius replied glancing at Longvinius. Then he looked at both Optimus and Cornelius with a smug expression on his face, clearly satisfied with himself. He sat with his back straight, his chin slightly elevated, it was clear what he thought about himself and about his own status among the citizens in the city. Gentlemen, please excuse me, I have a lot of important things to do today. Many issues has to be taken care of before the emperor returns. The Praetorian got up and without looking at either of them, he went out of the room. <laughs>